Welcome to Chief Everything Officer, a podcast for entrepreneurs who do it all. We are sponsored by Juntobot, an impact-oriented venture school and studio focused on designing and scaling startup ecosystems for the future. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Juntobot podcast. Uh, this is Devin Vorsanger, CEO of Huntobot. Uh, today, we are over the moon to have Dr. Malcolm Tyson, the Managing Director of Stratascension, uh, an innovation consultancy out of the Maryland area. Uh, he's doing some great work in the Maryland area. He's, been, he's an incredible supporter of Huntobot and of ecosystems all over the country. I'm going to let him introduce himself. <laughs> but Dr. Tyson, thank you so much for being on board. Thank you so much for having me, Devin. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and thank you for the, inter the brief introduction. I am Malcolm Tyson, um, the Managing Director of Stratascension. We are innovation consultancy. We help managers build um, innovative cultures and create innovative companies. And we've been doing this for probably about, what is this, eight years um, mm -hmm. and just you know, driving innovation ecosystems around, as you said, around the country, as well as in my home state of Maryland. One of the things I find is really fascinating is these innovation consultancies and innovation strategy work. It's such a unique, like intersection of careers mm -hmm. that uh, people arrive at it in very different ways. How did you find your way into innovation consultancy and into this type yeah. of work? Yeah, it's 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 a fascinating point that you make because innovation and strategy are typically housed in two different parts of the business, right? You got innovation, which is counter to operations, and you got strategy, which is dead on with operations. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was my last job was I was a director of business operations at NASA, um, NASA Goddard Space Flight Center here in Maryland. And um, pretty large contract it was about 250 engineers, technician type people working on um, uh, James Webb Space Telescope. And they did some work on Hubble. But a part of that contract, we had um, a little piece, probably about $25 million. But it was about 125 small to medium sized businesses, right? Mm -hmm. And they could do amazing things, right? Build widgets. Um, like it was truly rocket scientists, right? And during that process of working with them, I would always talk to them because I was managing their subcontracts or my team was managing their subcontract. They would always talk to me about, well, Malcolm, we have some amazing people that can do anything, but NASA's like our only client. Or they have the facilities to build cars or build, you know, electronic vehicles, autonomous vehicles, but NASA's our only client, right? And so mm -hmm. I was like, well, what is what is that problem, right? What is that problem? And mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm handling HR, I'm handling their subcontract. I'm really neck deep in operations. Mm -hmm. But what I come to find is it's an innovation problem, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's especially for small businesses because most small businesses don't innovate proactively. They're mm -hmm. very reactionary because of resources, because of focus, whatever the reason, that's the way they do things. 
Yeah. And so this was a challenge. Um, and what what happened in my role at that um, government contractor is, if you're familiar with government contracting, they they're finite, right? They're they're mm. you go sink and then you swim, you eat or you die, right? And so got to a point where we submitted the follow-on contract, we didn't win. The awarded the awardee decided to keep me and my team on, which was a blessing. But I had nine months, right? They gave me nine months to train the person that. Mm. I was I was going to be replacing me. And so I thought it was that was divine intervention. I was already burnt out. I was already mm. kind of like, you know what, looking for my exit strategy. I was like, you know what? It fell in my lap. Yeah. And I decided to, you know, go back to school, get my PhD. And my PhD is in business and technology with a focus mm. on strategy and innovation mm. because of that. And what I really, my dissertation was on innovativeness in knowledge intensive business service firms. So the engineering firms, the accounting firms, the attorneys, how do they become more innovative, right? And and just to be clear, innovation is a broad, broad term. Mm -hmm. With your PhD, you have to really nail down, like really yeah. niche down. And so I focused on innovativeness. Innovativeness is that quality within an organization that allows them to produce new ideas, products, and services, and commercialize them. That's the key. You got to okay. be able to commercialize them, right? Like, yeah, yeah. What the hell, what's the yeah. point of an idea, a new product? <laughs> I was part of the NSF I-Corps, and yeah. it was, uh, I was one of their adjunct professors. And yeah. one of the things I found fascinating about that was how many, it was, it was it's such a needed program because it was such a great, they did such a great job of teaching professors and teaching PhDs who just invented something yeah. how to commercialize it and yeah. it's a completely different mindset switch shift but mm -hmm. how many of those professors just looked at you like <laughs> that makes no sense <laughs> right. Right? no it really does make sense and then you'd be, they'd be like i think you're wrong and you're like i'm not wrong and like well i'm the expert and you're yeah. like but you're not really the expert like yes i am i actually wrote the book like here's the book i wrote the book on it i'm the expert i'm like but okay and you're like having this conversation with PhDs, like you're a hundred times smarter than me, but I'm telling you, your landlord still requires money. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things. And that's my, don't get me on my soapbox about PhDs and how counterproductive it is. It's all mm -hmm. theory. It's all about adding to the body of knowledge. Whereas mm -hmm. we have small business owners, we have medium-sized business owners who are struggling. They don't need theory. They need yeah. practical, active, active things they can do. And that was yeah. my mindset going into this. Like, how do we create something that yeah. is useful, not yeah. for going to sleep at night because you're reading a thousand page dissertation, yeah. Yeah. something they can use in their business to help them grow and to help them yeah. be successful and live out their dreams that like yeah. prompted them to start the business in the first place. So, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so, so that was kind of, my impetus, um, I, I started really digging into what it is and what the driver of innovativeness in these businesses is customer experience and employee experience. If you can dial in and learn how to dial into those in your business, you'll be constantly. Now, this is in a situation where because you might be saying, well, Malcolm, what if I have the, the business owners innovative naturally? That's cool. But what about if he's not? 
But what mm. about if she's not? What if she's an operations person? How yeah. do you become innovative? You got to dial into those two areas and really tune in. And so for all the, the listeners, I'm sorry, can we go back and just clarify what those two areas are? So customer experience, right? The, all the interactions that a prospect has with your business from bank brand mm -hmm. to product to fulfillment to mm -hmm. wholesale, like all of those areas, you got to know how you're showing up, right? Mm -hmm. Because with buyers today, they're so savvy. If you don't have a great customer experience, they'll just go to somebody else, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with employee experience. We had, I guess, what? Um, over the last year or so, or even before that, we had this great resignation because people are like, hold up, you don't care about me. as a, You know, as an employee, okay. you don't yeah. care about yeah. me. So yeah. why should I stay here? And yeah. so as a, as a management team, as a leadership group, you need to be dialing into it because your employees are your greatest source of innovation. Mm -hmm. Your customers are your second greatest source of innovation. So yeah. you need to be dialing it, like really dialing in. And so a lot of the work that I do is for the medium-sized companies that I deal with, we kind of touch mm -hmm. on both. But for the smaller ones who don't necessarily have the employees, the employees are themselves, um, yeah. I focus on the customer experience. And so that kind of drove me to, the, to, to, to really, I mean, I wanted to help the small businesses, but um, I see it's a broader, it's a broader, you know, field to yeah. work in. Well, you know, that's one of the things I've, I've found to be super helpful is um, small, no big business started out as a big business. Mm -hmm. You know, they all started out as small business. If you understand small business and then you start looking through what's unblocking you from getting to the level of complexity that you want to be at, then you like, that's the kernel of a good business all the way mm -hmm. through. And then there's complete complex things and you reach that you know you reach uh the uh crossing the chasm chasm of of yeah. you know death the the chasm of death. Right, right. yeah you know yeah. you reach the you know you reach the the child uh christensen's uh innovators dilemma where the things mm -hmm. that made you good no longer mm -hmm. are now what's holding you back you have those things as you get bigger but you still the kernel of what made you like so when you focus on small bit i always found focusing on small businesses made me more innovative in working with large businesses. I would mm -hmm. work with major fortune 100 companies. Yeah. And I would explain stuff to them that, you know, 50 person, hundred person firms were like, yeah, duh. What, like, right. wow. Thanks Devin for coming from the future <laughs> with your new thing called the CRM, you know, and I, and I would explain it to like an oncology drug company and yeah. they would just be like, <laughs> future what? how do you do how would you do that and yeah. my boss would be like you can't dude you can't go there like that's yeah. too, that's too far forward for them they they yeah. still they're still using paper mock-ups for their ads i'm like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. 2018 they're using paper, <laughs> they're using paper like i don't understand yeah. and it's like you know it, it, i just really i always find that the the starting small and the, the innovation in a small business is such a, a kernel of a, the deep kernel of innovation. You know? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think, you know, once I became an entrepreneur myself, I started mm -hmm. to really see that and really understand, you know, 
that without the small businesses in your region and without a thriving small business ecosystem, like mm-hmm. your economy is in danger. Like yeah. you really are like, if you're not, if, and if these small businesses aren't growing and producing jobs, you are really in a tough spot. And so I didn't know that until I started to, you know, really become an entrepreneur myself. And, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but there's this desire to be your own boss, but there's a lot that comes with it, right? There's a Nobody lot. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Exactly. Exactly. But they exactly. want somebody to tell them what needs to happen. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, you know, it's, <laughs> You know, it's very interesting. I, I yes, find that to yes. be nobody wants you to tell them what to do. But if you don't tell them what to do, you're a bad boss. And I'm like, <laughs> but I, I thought you didn't want anybody to tell you what to do. So I gave you yeah. autonomy. Like, well, you're obviously a bad boss. You didn't <laughs> tell me what to do. And you're like, but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, 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 I think, and I'm learning this too, working with my team, like it's the way that you tell them, right? And it's how you couch it. It's how you position it. It's how you say it. Like I've, I've had, just speaking of bad bosses, I've had people tell me I'm great in one-on-one conversations, mm-hmm. but I need to build my confidence when talking to a larger group. I'm like, what the hell? What's the difference? <laughs> like, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's just, I think they were trying to say something else. I, to this day, I don't know really what they were trying to say to me, but I, I just didn't receive it right. And so whatever message they were trying to get to me, it just went right because, they didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't yeah. resonate with me. So that employee experience. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing is that like, how do you unlock, uh, you know, how do you unlock the, um, the ownership mm-hmm. with without um getting bopped in the nose i i, I like to i once had a uh, i used to work in academia mm-hmm. and uh i had a student who was presenting to the leader of the college i was working in and this kid i mean in, in all fairness this kid was incredibly insulting <laughs> his presentation was about how out of touch we were and we were like and i'm just like oh boy and the, president, the, 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 the head of the college is like what the devil what is what, what are you teaching these kids like i'm like look we're teaching them how to spread their wings yeah you know and as we teach them how to spread their wings they're gonna bop us in the nose with it every once in a while as they're like trying to figure out how to flex these wings you know that was i'm not saying that's what we want them to do but yeah. you know he's 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 trying to to nail he's using the he's using the tools incorrectly but he's, mm-hmm. he's using the tools just yeah. great presentation <laughs> like oh my god this is so awful i'm gonna get fired <laughs> I, mean, I have never danced i've never danced yeah. that hard in my life but, <laughs> But but in all but 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 in all seriousness, that whole concept of unlocking the innovation, unlocking mm-hmm. the ownership over a problem, over a solution, over uh, yeah. over the outcome, and not just yeah. the process, you know. Yeah. And then and but then making sure that it doesn't get to the point where like you're like, why are you sharpening a pitchfork yeah. at work? Yeah. You know, like they start getting into this. Well, you're awfully 
obviously an awful boss because the outcome we want is this and you're not good at it and you're like of course i'm not good at dude nobody's good at we're trying to get you know like i'm a human being i never said i was george washington right 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 yeah so i mean it's 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 so interesting and i'm like i'm also like a a student of leadership and you know it man i see it all the time if there's not a foundation of I say two things, um, accountability mm-hmm. and candor. Mm-hmm. Like if, if there's not that, if you're talking, if, if we're like, you're my manager or supervisor mm-hmm. and you're talking to me and like, I don't trust you because yeah. you haven't been straight up with me. And yeah. I see that you haven't really been accountable to yourself. What's, what's going to make me do anything? What's yeah. going to make me than what's in my job description right you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah, yeah. you start to pull back and now you're making me super uncomfortable exactly. <laughs> i'm like oh my exactly. god am i that guy wait have, <laughs> I, have, have i been candid enough with my staff am i being, yeah. am i being accountable and, but those are the hard questions you have to ask yourself because yeah. and the, and you have to be clear that the answer almost always is gonna be yes you're that yeah. guy you know, yeah. Yes, you yeah. are not a good enough leader. Yes, you exactly. are not candid enough. Yes, you are not holding yourself accountable enough. And yeah. you, you know, and who's who's going to fire you? Nobody. You're the boss. Right. You're so the boss. Exactly. if it fails, exactly. that's the big. That's the that's the that's the accountability. So like, right. got to bring it and be yeah. your own toughest. You know exactly, exactly. And, and people are like, no, I don't need to. That's why I'm a boss, so that nobody needs to tell. No. Everybody, the whole world is telling you you suck. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I had um, a mentor tell me, and I and it stuck with me for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I and I evaluate leaders at this point. Like, does does this leader care about me? Mm-hmm. Can I trust them? Mm-hmm. And do they care about my career? Mm-hmm. Like, those are the three questions I'm asking if I'm as I'm talking to a supervisor all throughout my career, right? Like, do, do they care about me? Can I trust them? Do they care about my career? Yeah. And then if, if, if the answer to any of those is no, then you're going to have a disconnect and there's mm-hmm. levels of disconnect and levels of disengagement. Mm-hmm. But if, mm. if, if you're trying to maximize productivity, which includes discretionary time, discretionary ideas, the, mm-hmm. the, that's where innovation is. It's not in their day-to-day work. It's when hmm, we got this problem we've been dealing with for a while. Let's 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 take some time and brainstorm about it. That's yeah. where innovation is. It's not in the day-to-day. It's outside of that. And let me ask you a question about that. Mm-hmm. So I 100% agree with you. I'm not I'm not challenging your idea. I'm thinking challenge it way. Challenge it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, uh, it's not that I think that you're wrong. It is. Specifically, I'm thinking about a challenge I see, which is you want them to be innovative, mm-hmm. right? But you also are like, I, I need to get this done. And this needs to be yeah. done. And the quality of what your output is is not good enough. Yeah, I needed it here. You're not, mm-hmm. you don't realize the excellence I expect from you. And I understand that you can provide. You're, you think you can only provide a five. I know you can provide a nine. Right. Right, 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 right. Bring it. This isn't good enough. 
and then it shut then they're like okay well i'll just do what you say and it shuts down their innovation engine it shuts mm -hmm. down their creativity because they got stomped on yeah. when they yeah. tried to bring something and you're like mm -hmm. well no that's not it's just like your innovation wasn't channeled in the right way like how yeah. do you manage that how as a boss yeah. as a coach like how do you handle that so i i think it goes well i think it goes back to the way you, that you deliver that message right so that's mm -hmm. that's one thing right and we, mm -hmm. we'll get back to that but i think there has to be a the foundation of accountability and candor like it has to be there if you're if the relationship has been fractured for a while and then you try to do this it's not going to be received well right mm -hmm. but if you if the uh, the origination of that relationship was based on accountability and can and they know that you care about them you trust them and you're giving them constructive yeah. cre criticism you're not just like dogging them yeah then i think it'll be well it'll be better received right yeah, yeah. It, it, it all starts on that foundation and the challenge with the great resignation the challenge with all of the things that employees are dealing with right now is they don't a lot of times they don't they haven't afforded themselves the opportunity to lay that foundation down and then sometimes mm -hmm. it takes time right sometimes mm -hmm. it does take time but without that foundation it's hard so let's let's say you have a situation where the 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 relationship let's just it wasn't fractured it just wasn't like you know equal business stature you know super open they just came did their work you're, you're doing your thing. They yeah. bring you something and it's like, you know what, this is, isn't quite right. And so that's where I think it actually could be the start of how you lay down that foundation, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know if leaders are actually taking the time to really understand their employees, like mm -hmm. really understand them, right? Mm -hmm. um, whether it be through um, the DISC um, behavior, Myers-Briggs, whatever, you, you got to get to know your folks at a deeper level yeah. because some of them, are you know people are they're amazing they're dynamic they are weird right you know like we, we but we got to know that about them mm -hmm. some people like I, I was a coach uh, basketball coach for a long time some kids and coach k always talks about this some kids need a kick in the ass some kids need a hug you mm -hmm. and some kids are in between you, yeah to motivate them you got to figure that out yeah yeah you got to yeah. figure that yeah. figure that out and so in a situation like the scenario you described, if the accountability and candor hasn't been laid down, that's one thing. If it has been, I think it it'll be well received. If it hasn't been, you got to probably try to figure out your 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 employee a little bit better. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So when you're when you're trying to figure out your your employee or your mm -hmm. uh, or your mentee. Um, I'm thinking about like those people who are investors and you know, have invested yeah. in a company. I'm thinking about those people who are CEO and have a founding team mm -hmm. um, or running an innovation program and have yeah. a bunch of different startups in it. Um, one thing that I'm a big fan of, and I, I, I champion this idea that uh, there's a ROI in diverse viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that if you are not in, if you're not seeking out and enfranchising diverse viewpoints, you're uh, you're failing from a fiduciary responsibility standpoint. It's not an ethical standpoint. It's not a moral yeah. standpoint. It's not a social impact standpoint. It's a fiduciary responsibility standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 
like and and one of the challenges that I'm always trying to figure out is how do you like seeking out I think I I personally think I've gotten that relatively now it's basically not, not fishing in the same ponds as everybody else you know yeah. I don't recruit in Ivy Leagues yeah there's a filtering yeah. mechanism which I find basically group thinks everybody into a certain way of mm -hmm. thinking and mm -hmm. came from a certain background or you had to pretend like you're from a certain background or you have to figure out how to fit into a certain background in order to get into ivy leagues yeah other institutions allow for that different but once they're in mm -hmm. the organization how do you get to know them and how do you support them i'm thinking about like i had somebody on my team and uh very different from the rest of the team Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i very much wanted to enfranchise her yeah and yeah. i failed mm. and mm. i don't i still am struggling with did i did i fail from a helping the rest of the team understand how to support her did i fail from a mm. she's just not the right person right yeah yeah, selection yeah by it like like i selected her uh, based off a set of criteria I thought was good, but it was the wrong criteria, and she mm -hmm. just was never going to succeed. Did I not support her? And like, how do you find that information about somebody? How do you create that support system so yeah. that that unique viewpoint, which is not your own, because if it was your own, it would just be you, and that's fine. Right, right, you know? right, right. And then you, but you get much more of an ROI if you if I have like. I never worked at Goddard Space Station. I don't understand those projects at right. all. I don't. Yeah. I've never worked yeah. on a project like that. Your yeah. viewpoint and my viewpoint fundamentally different, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. you just get down to demographics and psychographics and like where yeah. we grew up yeah. and like and the things that we learned as an eight-year-old. All those things mm -hmm. are unique avenues of innovation. Yeah, yeah. But how do I support somebody there? Like as, yeah. a, as a leader, how, what do you? What is your advice? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great question, and I think we've all had those situations, Devin, where you just can't. Let's just keep it simple. You just can't vibe with the person, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you just not just for whatever reason. Yeah. And so uh, I, I've had similar. I had a similar situation, and I just for whatever I, I just couldn't get it. But and looking back at that situation. I had my ideas about the role. I had my ideas about the um, person. Mm -hmm. And we call that unconscious bias, right? It's yeah. just, you, you have thoughts about it. And what I've done, so I, I work with um, the Predictive Index, they're a partner of mine, and they provide behavior analysis. It's totally objective. The, the mm -hmm. person takes this six minute test, and I'll send you one, and it gives, it spits out um, their personality type or reference profile based on four areas, their independence, uh -huh. their extroversion, their patience, as it, as it uh, relates to whether they're um, like multiple projects yeah. at the same time, or yeah. they just need steady work. Yeah, yeah. And then their, their formality with rules. Right. Uh -huh. And to me, I think I've been a partner with them since 2018 and, that has been one of the most objective ways to dig deeper below the surface because here's the thing and i'll tell you a story about me when i came out of college i went to work for kpng um so you know the whole 
at that yeah. time it was big four, right? And yeah, Cooper's yeah, yeah. in line brand and all that stuff. Yeah. And I knew within the first two months that I would never be parked. Yeah. Like I would never <laughs> be parked, right? Like yeah. I knew it. I yeah. because I, you know, I had a mentor and they would just tell me what the partner. I said, man, that guy is always working. He's yeah. always in the office or always on travel. Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't want that for my life at your yeah. early age. And so I, I'm so glad I was like mature enough to see that. And I didn't see a path. I didn't see a path to get there. Like I didn't know enough people to get there ever. Yeah. And so. I, and I, when you ask I, that question, the answer mm -hmm. is, well, you need to be comfortable with ambiguity. I'm like, that seems like I need to be comfortable with the fact that you've done no planning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. And so, I, but so I, I, I started to develop this mask because I'm like, if I'm never going to be a partner and I'm, and I don't see a path to how I'm going to get there, I need to figure out how I'm going to do it. And mm -hmm. so I started to put on this mask and the mask produced within me a sort of imposter syndrome. Right. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for the day that they would come and say, Malcolm, we made a mistake when we recruited yeah. you. Yeah. Right. And and so I would just grind, grind. Yeah. Right. And that the reason why I tell that story is because people don't always show up to work as their authentic self. Yeah. So what you think that you're knowing or what you're feeling in your gut about that person can mm -hmm. be absolutely wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So as you're trying to support this person, you're like, oh, man, they seem you might be asking some, you know, surface level, mid, you know, probing questions about them to try to find out about. But they're giving you a mask. Yeah. They're giving yeah. you something just to or giving you an answer yeah. that you want to hear. <laughs> you know they're what I mean? Playing just a character you... on TV that they exactly. think is the character that needs to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. with these with these tools, you have an objective viewpoint that both of you can talk about, mm -hmm. right? And that 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 lays the foundation of accountability and candor because mm -hmm. you're like, you know what? According to your behavior analysis, it looks like, you know, you you really are an independent thinker. You yeah. don't necessarily need to um, make decisions based on what I say. You can make decisions on your own and you actually prefer to make yeah. decisions on your own, right? And so, or another person who is more team oriented, yeah. So they need to be in a team environment, right? And they need to be, they need to have steady work. So these tools help us make objective decisions about our mm -hmm. folks as opposed to what's in our gut. I'm working with a company right now who they're hiring like 50 people in this new area of their business, and they've been doing it on their gut for so long, but they know mm -hmm. it's not working. They've yeah. made, they got turnover in this role, this new, mm. this new area. It's like, why? Because we're, we, we need something to, to mm. for everybody to grab onto that makes sense. And it's objective because yeah. everybody has their own agenda. Everybody yeah, has yeah. their own view or perspective of how this role should be done. But you get someone in there that you think, again, they have the mask on in the interview. They're like top flight. Yeah. And really they could be feeling imposter syndrome they could be feeling all types of things we don't know about yeah things we don't see on the surface and so that that's my, my answer to your question is like we need other tools we can't do it on our yeah. own we need other tools to help us with that
So what are those tools though? So um, I mentioned I'm a partner with Predictive Index. Um, mm -hmm. You can go to predictiveindex.com and you can go to my website. There's a bit, on my website, there's a behavioral analysis that you can take. It's six minutes, bunch of questions about what you would do in these situations. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also, um, other than Predictive Index, there's, um, there's Myers-Briggs. That's the one I yeah. took a long time ago. Yeah. I think I'm a judging. I think I'm a judging type person, or something like that. Um, and then there's DISC. DISC is um, one that I think is very popular right now. I just kind of I don't understand how they come up with the DISC things, and I'm sure there's some science or something I can yeah. read about it. But I know for me, Predictive Index is size based. Like it's been. I was talking yeah. to a friend of mine who was in mm -hmm. AI, and mm -hmm. he was talking about how his wife is a PhD. Mm -hmm teaches up, up at uh, SMU mm -hmm. and they're freaking out because that chat GPT created a full a full grant proposal and it's pretty good yeah yeah and they're like well if if AI is creating a grant proposal yeah. how do you evaluate a grant proposal and yeah, my yeah. argument to him was like if a metal worker cuts sheet metal with mm -hmm. scissors how do you evaluate the metal worker yeah. not on the strength of his fingers on how well he uses his tools it's just another exactly. tool exactly but exactly and he was like oh okay but then what do you so may, are we going to get into a world where ai is creating and analyzing and i'm like see the analysis makes me uncomfortable because i can't yeah. remember whether it was myers-briggs or maslow's hierarchy Mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is based off of one of the two is based off or maybe it might be this but one of those three is based off of research that was done by doing a deep dive research study mm -hmm. off of a population you know what that population was oh, yeah. yeah it was like second gen swedish immigrants <laughs> in the midwest in the yeah. lake region in, in michigan yeah like, yeah yeah like yeah that's it like a very very monoculture and yes. we're basing everybody off of yes. this one and it's like oh is that yeah, true yeah. i mean i'm not exactly. saying it's wrong yeah, yeah 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 but it's like at what point does it become self-fulfilling like well i'm an aries with a <laughs> saturn rising i don't even know am i an aries i don't know or have i always had the aries mug yeah. that says yeah all the characteristics and i'm like mm -hmm. i'm a hot tempered yes i am you know <laughs> so, i mean you make it uh, that's such a good point because I, even as a partner i use this tool but i yeah. still got to do the work right i still yeah, got to yeah, do yeah. let's have the conversation let's yeah mm. so even with this company i'm working with they're like hold on this mm -hmm. person this behavioral analysis says this but i've worked with this person for the last two months i don't see it yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. point yeah. where you have the conversation, right? Again, mm -hmm. it's just like you said, it's just a tool. It's yeah, just yeah. a tool. It gives you some information. Let's talk yeah. about it. Let's see if it makes sense. I remember, and I, I lost this guy's contact information, and I always, it's one of those lost opportunities, you know, where you're mm -hmm. just like, I wish I still had that. Is uh, I met this guy at a conference, and mm -hmm. he had done a deep dive analysis into uh the different types of personalities needed for different skill sets mm, okay and he was explaining how the difference uh between a salesperson and an account manager okay like an account manager a salesperson's a hunter like they want to win regardless of whether the customer is happy or not <laughs> yeah right? 
Um, and he's like, and they're the, and he's like, they're kind of an a hole, right? <laughs> but they're your a hole, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's okay because you want somebody who's going to grind and like, and just, they don't care if you say no. Mm -hmm. They don't like they're gonna they're gonna dig in. They Mission. don't care if you if you're sick and tired of getting their phone call. They're gonna make that <laughs> second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth yeah. phone call. Whereas yeah. an account manager cares about being low. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh and that that is a that is a fundamental difference between the between the two roles. And that was just mm -hmm. his presentation. Yeah, and I was just yeah. like that's across the board. Like there are viewpoints that make an excellent project manager. Yeah. That yeah, make yeah. you awful at accounting. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. things that make you awesome at accounting that make you awful at account management. And yeah. um and I always wonder because like for me, I, I use the uh the min ambassador uh problem solving types. Okay. that's that's how we categorize people but mm -hmm. then when i do my own i'm a little bit of everything and i was like why is that the case and i was talking to uh bob bassador mm -hmm. uh and he was like well do you, let me ask you a question do you work on yourself on like getting your making yourself better and i'm like yeah he's like that's why yeah. you seek out the weak your perceived weaknesses and you mm -hmm. strengthen those areas and what you've done is you've you've unconsciously gone through every single area and made it stronger so you're now yeah. just basically everything yeah um, no that, that that that's so good because i am i'm similar and maybe that's why we we connect so much because um in the predictive index beard, now don't make it difficult it's the beard it's the beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it that's it <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it, so I, I took the, I took the, the, the analysis, the, um, the test, and mm -hmm. I was a straight line, which they call an adapter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that means I'm situational. I can be a team player or I can be super introverted. I can yeah, be, yeah. um, independent thinking, or like I said, a team player, I can be, um, really patient and do steady work, or I can have a desire to do multiple things. So consultant, yeah is the perfect role for me because it yeah. helps me fit into those things. And I think yeah. while I talk about imposter syndrome as sort of a, a hindrance, I think early in my career, right now, that ability to adapt and fit in and maybe put on that mask for that time being has really yeah. helped me as I've tried to grow this business and 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 be, you know, offer the services. So let's talk about this business. What? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I like to talk about is um, the the problems we solve as um, as individuals in our mm -hmm. career, in our uh, in the service we offer yeah. to the world and to people, either from a for profit or non profit or uh, a, a, a charity perspective or a business perspective. What what is your massive transformational purpose? Yeah, and, and I and I think um, I like the way you kind of approach this is you know the problem that we try to solve. And so when I talk mm -hmm. to, I typically try to talk to COOs, and mm -hmm. they have problems as we kind of dug into earlier, managing the different stakeholders, managing the different relationships for all the different part uh, departments. Mm -hmm. um, they obviously have the problems with ensuring profitability, managing mm -hmm. risk, um, 
all of those sort of things in my world, they fall under innovativeness, right? And because mm -hmm. innovativeness is the, the dialing in of, you know, customer experience and employee experience, we're really looking at how we can solve those problems, right? And it, what, what I said in my introduction, we help managers build innovative uh, cultures and create innovative companies. That's true, right? We're really trying to solve the innovativeness problem for them, right? Mm -hmm. and, and typically, you know, as I, again, talking to these COOs, if they have a problem ensuring profitability, let's look at that customer experience, right? Yeah. Let's try to improve the lifetime value of your customers. Maybe you're having a problem at post-sale, right? Maybe you're having a problem um, with fulfillment of your service to or product to that, to that customer. You're not wowing them. They're just like, yeah. mm, it's okay, but you need to yeah. wow them. They need to be delighted yeah. about your product and service, right? Um, and so those are the type of things um, that we try to solve and create transformation. Just working with a, a client at the end of the year, they were um, a small company and they, uh, the CEO and her management team, she was about this close from closing the doors because she just kind of threw up her hands, right? Mm -hmm. they, they need to hire, they're in the healthcare field. And as you know, there's a shortage in hiring healthcare um, mm -hmm. professionals, right? So I'm like, man, this is, and I know you're going to ask, you want to ask. Is it on the like, service side? Is it on the service side or the research side? Service side. Service okay. side, right? And so they're, they're struggling trying to find qualified healthcare professionals. I'm like, yes, let's dig into this. That's a problem we want to solve, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a national problem. We can solve it for this company. We can solve it for anybody in the world. Yeah. And it really was about looking at <laughs> First of all, looking at their employees and some of the infrastructure that they had set up, they couldn't hire the qualified people because their infrastructure didn't allow them to. Yeah. Right. They didn't have they weren't organized. They didn't have the appropriate questions to pull out, you know, whether they were hiring the right person or not. They as we talked about, they didn't have a subjective, I'm sorry, objective tool to lay out, okay, what is this person really like? And they're not mm -hmm. giving us a mask in the interview. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're able to solve those problems at the end of the day, at the end of the, the program that we supplied for them, they were so reinvigorated. Right. And, it was, it, and this was a to me, it was a small problem that had tremendous impact, getting them organized, getting them focused, getting them um, giving them hope to understand that this massive, na massive national problem mm -hmm. you can solve it with a couple of tweaks in your business. A yeah. couple of tweaks in your in your in your in your infrastructure and your business model would open up so many doors for you, and they were invigorated. So that that you know you couldn't put that into couldn't put a dollar amount in. You couldn't put a uh, there's no way of showing how excited I was to help them, right? Yeah. It, 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 any words I put to it was just underestimated. So yeah. that that gives you the what I felt inside to help him. So you seem pretty passionate about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my question to you is, um, why? What 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 causes you to be passionate about? Why is it like when when that when that client, whatever client, you know, mm -hmm. calls you up and says, Hey, sorry, we're not gonna be doing business with you anymore. Yeah. Uh when um life just kicks you in the teeth, you know, when you're in bed and you're like it's really freaking cold outside and it's bed's really, really warm. And yeah. nobody really cares if I sleep yeah. till 11, but you get up anyway. What 
pushes you to get up anyway? What pushes you to keep going? What pushes you call a new client? You know, keep keep going. You know, yeah. what, what drives that that passion? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Devin. And, it, and I think it's a couple of things, right? There's, I think I'm naturally a helping person. I like to help, right? Mm -hmm. Even my grandma used to say, Malcolm, my helper. She always used to say, Malcolm, my helper. And so that stuck with me. So I always want to help. Um, I've had numerous roles um, throughout my career, and I've always been in a position to help other people. And I think also, um, in addition to having that sort of helpful nature, mm -hmm. I'm always inclined to get better, right? I always mm -hmm. want to get better, right? And so yeah. if that means, and, and just sidebar here, then we were talking about roles. My, um, I have a mentor. He talked about, he talks to me about all the time. He's like, your identity and your roles are two different things, right? Mm -hmm. Your identity as a man, as a person, um, is always a 10. You may mm -hmm. fall short in those roles, right? As a father, mm -hmm. as a brother, mm -hmm. as a as a friend, as a businessman. You may fall short in 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 those roles, but you're still a 10. So that yeah. means that even though today may have sucked, tomorrow could be better. Yeah. Right. I have a chance of making that I love doing that. doing that doing my role a little bit better tomorrow so i'm always chasing that getting better um and then you know i as i mentioned in my role what really drove me to do this was i want to help small businesses i want to help medium-sized businesses because of the mm -hmm. larger impact they have on the community on mm -hmm. the region on the state like i want to be a part of that it's exciting but I, I feel like so many people talk about it. Devin, you know this, right? So many people talk about this stuff. But how many people really actually get their hands dirty? Yes. How many yes. <laughs> it drives me bonkers. How many people that I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to name names. But <laughs> I know people that are like, that, that I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, they're bringing it. That's a really, oh, wait, you didn't write that article. You're just sharing somebody else's article. That is some, like, come up with your own thought now. Like, you know, like, come up with your own product. Stop yeah. sharing other people's stuff. Yes. Like, yes. you know, like, yes. bring it. Yeah, man. I mean, so, so yeah, so that, that really is my passion, right? Let's, let's mm -hmm. get up and let's do something, right? And, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if, if today was my last day, and I talked to my sons about this, and today was my last day, I want to make sure I'm squeezing all I can out of this day, right? Mm -hmm. Squeezing mm -hmm. all that I can out of it because we don't know. It might be my last day, you know? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's absolutely true. I that's a very stoic approach. You know, the uh that today might be your last day. Don't don't be upset about it. Just <laughs> right, let's every rock. day. Treat like fantastic. This, this yeah. day will be the most amazing day. And when it's not your last day, it was still an amazing day. That's right. You know? That's right. That's and right. you know, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful that I was able to take the trash out and I didn't throw my hip out when I did it. You know, <laughs> right. that, I mean, honestly, the older yeah. I get, the more I'm grateful for yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm laughing, but I'm like, I've been over, picked up a sock, didn't throw out my back oh, yeah. today. Super grateful. You know, Super but grateful. Like, yeah. But like that living That's every day. Yeah. yeah. So when you're doing this work, mm -hmm. what, do, what are your, 
what do you know about your customers? One thing that I like to tell my staff and all my mentees is there's only two things like great, go get your trademarks, go get your patents, right? IP is it, protection is important, but in a world where Shenzhen exists and they can literally take your product in the front door and out the back door and create a hundred thousand unique versions of what you just created. The only thing that really can't be stolen is what you know about your customers and what your customers know about you. Yeah. So from yeah. what you know about your customers or what you know about the people who have this problem, mm -hmm. wh who are they? What do they want? What do they need? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, it goes back to, it, at least for me, it goes back to those entrepreneurs. And, and let me give you a little bit more insight. So I focus on small and medium size, but I also focus on those early stage businesses, mm -hmm. right? The early stage startups. And so the more I've gotten into early stage and startup, th that ecosystem, I really start to understand it's about a dream. Mm -hmm. It's about a dream. It's about something within them, whether it be in their work, they saw a gap that nobody was trying to fill, or mm -hmm. they just woke up one morning and said, you know what? I need to create an NFT for restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they have these ideas, these dreams that are driving them. Just mm -hmm. like you said, the passion that I have to um, be better, these yeah. entrepreneurs, and this carries them. This carries them from the day they got that idea to the mm -hmm. time that they either exit or sell a business, right? It carries them through. Yeah. And that is one common thing, right? Whether they decide to get to their, even in the large corporations that I may be dealing with the business unit, they have a dream, they have a perception, they have a perspective that they, this innovativeness problem is preventing them from realizing that mm -hmm. dream or that perspective. And that's where we come in, right? We try to help them solve that problem with their dream. It's all about their dream. It's all about getting their perspective done, bringing that perspective to life. And so if you think about, um, I'm a big cartoons guy, I love Marvel. And think about all that it takes to get that from that idea from the comic book mm -hmm. to get it on screen, right? Yeah. You know, there are problems all throughout that process. Yeah. All throughout yeah. their process, no matter if they have a strategy, no matter if they have the operations, if they have the experience, they're going to run into problems. Yeah. And what we try to do is remove those problems. We try to get rid of those problems. So we want those dreams to come to life. We want those perspectives to come to life. We want to see you have that sense of fulfillment yeah. because your dream is now a reality. Yeah. Right. Like that. That's an amazing and, and as an entrepreneur, that's what you want, right? That's you want your dream to come to life. So on Maslow's hierarchy, you've got you've got that emotional want, which I think is what you're addressing here. What yeah. is their logical need? Like what what is the like like the just bread and butter? I gotta get my rent paid. I got you yeah. know what is yeah. the, the the more on that? I have to be able to breathe and eat and poop and have yeah. sex yeah. and yeah. Be, yeah. have a roof over my head. What is more of that logical need for them? Yeah, I think for, for most of them, it's about ensuring that they, they're profitable, right? They mm -hmm. want to be profitable, right? Yeah. They, they, it's no, it's no, <laughs> you can have a dream that comes to life, but like you said, if it's not paying the rent, yeah, 
you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not. So obviously the dream is we want to make the dream come to life, but we want to make sure that they're profitable, right? We yeah. want to make sure that they're a thriving business. If they're not profitable, they can't create jobs. What are they really doing? Right. They're, they're not really being a driver of the economy because you, you know, they're not generating any revenue. Right. And, and so that's the, the biggest thing for me. Cool. Right. And, and, and my customers, they want to drive their revenue. They want their companies to be driving. So, you know, we, you know, at one point we had a conversation, we were talking about what, what is their magnetic North that has distracted them from the true North of entrepreneurship of, of running their business and all that. Um, what is that distraction? What is that situational objection which stops them? If you were to give them what they wanted, mm -hmm, emotionally, mm -hmm. what they needed logically, what stops them? What what blocks them from from taking that on or from? Yeah, yeah, no, and and it's funny because I wrote a blog about this. It's called um, "When Your Innovation Misses the Mark." Um, so, a lot of times I can identify the problem. Mm -hmm. But my customer, prospect, whoever, they don't recognize it's a problem. Mm -hmm. They don't recognize it's a problem. And so that situational objection is like, eh, I think we're good right now. Yeah. Right. Right. And and like I told you earlier, you got to be proactive with your innovation. If yeah. you're responding to external stimuli, you're too late. Yeah. And so if you're if I'm telling you, you have. You need to be dialing in your customer experience and employee experience proactively. And you're just like, nah, we're good right now. You're going to be behind. You're yeah. going to be always reacting to the environment. And so that's one of them. Um, I think so in the same vein, it's, it's just not recognizing that um, the time is of the essence and you should do something right now being it's always better to be proactive. And some people are just not like that. They're just not wired like that because innovation does involve some uncertainty mm -hmm. and some risk and they're just risk adverse. And so, so is, that, um, is it a sense of urgency? Is it a, uh, is it a, is it a, a, a courage in the face of, of, of terror? Like what, <laughs> we're no, not I mean, talking about jumping off a cliff or anything. No, I mean, one of the things I find is that this lizard brain was it evolved to, you know, stop you from, you know, leaping the wrong way during a forest fire and burning to a cinder to getting bit by a snake and dying to like, yeah. that's what we evolved. This is a great book. Um, Why Buddhism is true. I think mm -hmm. is uh, I'm probably messing up the title. But he talks about that, that like our brain evolved to do that. Yeah. And it hasn't really evolved since that. So yeah, you're like, yeah. so you're sitting there being like, oh, my God, it's just a subway, man. Take the next one. It's not <laughs> right. like, you're, but your brain is like, oh, my God, yeah. it's like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm about yeah. to fall off a cliff. And yeah, yeah. So is it like, is it that? Is it that terror of making the wrong choice or is it? the is it a lack of a sense of urgency what what is it yeah no and and that's that's a great question them because i think i've seen it i've seen it as that right they're mm. just scared to pull the trigger they mm. know they need it but things are going okay we don't need nah we don't want to rock the boat right now i've seen that yeah. but i've also seen sort of just complacency yeah right i i we don't need to do anything 
because everything is a-okay. Our revenue numbers just came in and we're doing great. Yeah. Right. They, they, they don't have the foresight or don't choose to look forward enough or project enough to 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 make a decision on that. Um, yeah, so I mean, what is tied into? Is that because they don't see the ROI on it? Is it because they're not losing enough money yet? Yeah, yeah. You know, is it, well, yeah. You know, so, like, is it the last time somebody did this? It was a disaster. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's yeah. one thing I used to find in colleges. Like, mm -hmm. every time we came up with something innovative. Mm -hmm. Like all everybody would just be like they roll their eyes. Like, oh my god, another one of these. <laughs> this is gonna be the whole direction of the campus for about a year and a half, and then it's gonna go nowhere. And I'm gonna waste it all this time. I could be. I don't get paid enough to do this, man. Can I please leave? <laughs> and I'd be like, that's such a crappy way of looking at it. And then I went through like three or four of those, and I was like, oh, I see. No, yeah, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. And that's why we've done, I think, a decent job in providing mm -hmm. those metrics, right? We can show 25 to 300% increase in revenue because of mm -hmm. the work that we do. Um, and, you know, putting metrics around innovation has historically been difficult, right? Like, mm -hmm. really, like, showing that um, this innovation has produced this. Yeah. Because managers, directors, CEOs, they'll point to something that they did in a minute mm -hmm. right <laughs> like yeah. we did this it's like well no you kind of was a part of the innovation program no yeah. no 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 no. we did something operationally that was the result of the innovation that yeah, we came yeah, up yeah. right so, all the, yeah yeah <laughs> so 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 that is um why i have because i and i actually pushed against that for a long time Devin, coming mm -hmm. up with metrics that will support what we do but i found that it was necessary some people have to see numbers some people have to see that well uh, we've been able to turn you know your, your sort of dysfunctional teams into high performing ones right and show mm -hmm. the value in that show the value and in increased revenue like show that and and not be i think that's now that i'm thinking about it, sort of a imposter syndrome within my business right like i i was a little uncomfortable telling people how good I was at it, right? Yeah. And but working through, well, it you know, sounds like you're bragging until yeah, you back it up, you know, exactly, exactly. Like, I, I have to, I have to do something to get your attention because if yeah. I just tell you how good I am, I think that's bragging. But if I show you, okay, this is the problem that you have, and this is what we've done in the past. Yeah. Hey, this is these are the five are. times we've done it, and this yeah. is the output. Exactly. And exactly. they literally, other than the fact that their name is Mary and not Jane, it's the same thing. Exactly. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So so I, I have become a big proponent for uh, showing value. Right. Showing mm -hmm. value um, and not just showing value for the sake of showing values. Like you said, showing the value as a result of solving a problem. Mm -hmm. right, solving a problem yeah. that they have. Let's tie that value to the problem. Let's just not say we're doing great work. Let's tie it to that problem. Let's tie it to that pain point. Yeah. That's been working good for us. So, you know, when you look at the other people doing this type of work or you go head to head and they're trying to bring in an innovation consultant and it's between you and somebody else, yeah. how are you different than somebody else? Like what? why, why would somebody choose your team versus, you know, some other team sure the the um the idea and the thoughts around innovativeness are, are kind of different 
Mm. People's like, okay, innovativeness. Mm, what is that? So I, mm -hmm. I can come at them from a different perspective. And then the other thing is like, we're really focused on those two areas, right? Employee experience and customer experience. And I don't always talk about those things, but that's that's in the essence and DNA of okay. Strat Ascension, right? Like right. We're, we're focused on, so I, I was in a, um, a bid situation the customer where- customer value proposition versus the employee value proposition. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, that that's 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 where I'm going. And I was um, saying that I was in a, a bid situation and it was another uh, innovation, innovation type company. Uh -huh. And um, actually, you know about this, that 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 hackathon thing. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. The hackathon thing, right? And, and we talked about it and I was like, you know what? I should still just kind of do. But then I started thinking that's not in my lane, right? It, it, yeah. And it wasn't, even when I talked to you about it, I was kind of doubtful because that's not, I mean, it's kind of in the innovation lane, but it yeah. doesn't have anything to do with employee experience or you know customer experience. It's just innovation. It's the, a hackathon is a broad view of innovation in my perspective, but- I would challenge you on that. Okay. One of the things I've discovered about hackathon, as soon as I discovered, because I, I had, I looked at hackathons as like I heard about them, but I didn't know. Yeah. And then I was tasked with doing one, mm -hmm. and I put on my consulting hat, having worked mm -hmm. at Capgemini, and yeah. like I, I mean, I only like my entire career there was, it's you know Saturday morning I get a call from my boss, hey, I need you to go up to Hartford, Connecticut. You're now our desktop as a service expert. <laughs> How much do you know about desktop as a service? I'm like. I, I, well, I'm Googling it right now. I've never heard of the term. And they're like, right. well, you better figure it out because yeah. in 48 hours, you're presenting as our expert. And I'm like, that oh, is man. so unfair, man. But like, yeah. and then you have to like, all right, now you got to figure out what do they need? Right. What do they want? What is going on? Yeah. So yeah. I sat down and we were looking at the person sponsoring this and we mm -hmm. realized that what it was, was a recruiting device. Mm. What they were having a problem with was that nobody, no coders wanted to work at their organization. Uh, and the coders who wanted to work at the organization mm -hmm, mm -hmm. had no business acumen. Yeah. So then we developed a hackathon that was a combination that basically showed them how fun it was to work on problems mm -hmm. in that industry. Um, helped the uh help the uh this the recruiting staff identify smart people and mm -hmm. then forced these kids to to solve problems using coding but mm -hmm. then partner with the business person and create a business case on it so that you could highlight the people who had a business acumen who were risk takers but weren't such risk takers that they failed yeah. because yeah. we, we yeah. had different love so we structured it that way and mm -hmm. then we put in there a whole set of mentorship where people from the staff would be unlocked as power-ups based off yeah. of what you achieved in the hackathon mm -hmm. and that employee uh, value proposition they were super felt like they were providing value mm -hmm. and they were able to find people that were going to be on their team nice nice yeah and so when you look at it from that perspective from a because innovatively these were problems that they actually had in their organization yeah and we're yeah, like yeah. okay so how do you solve this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. using uh uh using chatbots 
How yeah. do you solve this? We had a matrix environment. Mm -hmm. where we mm -hmm. And then we let the let the kids choose between. Mm -hmm. so when you look at hackathons from a, uh, like I, w I wish I'd had this conversation with you because it is very much a product innovation and a yeah. business yeah. innovation and an employee. It, it's, it's a customer experience and a, like you can build them any way you want right, to be right. and where where you really would have brought like a lot of value into that because you just mm -hmm. focus on because I focused it less on customer. I, I didn't really have a customer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it, there was an, an employee value proposition mm -hmm. angle in there, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it was more about solving problems of the of of the organization and making it interesting to them yeah yeah, yeah so that they would because this was a bank and this is at the mm -hmm. point in time where banks were the evil empire and fang mm -hmm. were the coolest kids on the block <laughs> everybody wanted to work at facebook and netflix nobody wanted to work at a bank and they yeah. were like no i can't i cannot recruit anybody so we <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no, no and, yeah. I, and i hear what you're saying, I hear what you're saying and you know i, I guess it, like to your point, right? It was innovation, but it had some other sort of agendas going on with the recruiting, mm -hmm. and, and and it was solving some problems. But I think from from my perspective and Stratascension, we're looking mm -hmm. at it very focused. There isn't any other agendas. And like I was talking to a, a, a customer the other day, like we don't bring any agendas other than innovativeness to a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? We we're mm -hmm. not we're not trying to. <laughs> turn you into an innovation company, right? Yeah. We want you to be innovative, but we're not trying to bring any any other agendas. And funny thing about that hackathon, the 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 company that won it, they want to partner with me. They yeah. want to partner with themselves. So so I may be calling you on that. <laughs> and thinking, yeah, but, I mean, I think that I think that's because of the value. You, I mean, happy to obviously, but yeah, I yeah. think the reason why they want to partner with you is because of the value Stratascension is bringing. From an innovativeness perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. That yeah. rigor that you're talking about, mm -hmm. and I found this to be in startups. That like, I have a very strong point of view. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> really? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I value is I really value when people push back, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, okay, well, obviously Devin knows, and I'm like, no, I don't, man. I just have a strong opinion, you yeah. know, like. I'm not really, you know, like I think this is really true until somebody yeah. proves me wrong. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I was completely freaking wrong. So now we're going <laughs> right. in this other direction. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've had a couple times where I've had, I, I have one, I had one, I had this this team, and they were creating um, a Peloton for bo a boxing, uh, Peloton for boxing. Wow. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to them, we we're talking about their customer set, and they're like, we want to sell this to gyms, and I'm like. Dude, dead man walking. Gyms are dead. Yeah. You're, you know, you you need to understand that this product is actually going to kill off gyms because everybody is going to bring it and they're going to have a home gym and they're going to put in a home gym and they're not going. And the oh, I can't remember what his role was. He was like a CFO or the he wasn't the chief product officer, but he was he was one of the top members of the team. And he's like, mm -hmm. no, no, no. We, I don't want to run a company that's whose business is killing off other companies. Mm. Like I, I'm not, I don't want to be the nail in the coffin. Uh, we want to figure out how to enfranchise yeah. gyms. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? How do we mm -hmm. use our product to enfranchise gyms? And they pivoted their product based off of that. And yeah. I got some really heated arguments with them 
-hmm. And then I realized, well, hey, it's not my freaking company. <laughs> Number one. Right? But B, if somebody has that strong, like I have, I have so much respect for him because I was an authority figure. You know, I'm running this program with 25 years of experience. He's some college kid. And here he is stepping toe to toe with me and be like, no, Mr. Vorsanger, you are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. how dare. <laughs> okay, cool. That's really actually pretty freaking cool. All yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, and I will yeah. always, I will always, you know, I will always, you know, have respect for that kid. That I was, that's it awesome. just blew my, and I love when people have that, like, yeah, that's all well and good. I love the fact that you move that, but Devin, we focus this. And yeah. that I think is why they want you on board yeah, is yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have a strength and a depth mm -hmm. of that, you know? Awesome. Appreciate that. Yep. So let me ask you a question then. How yeah. do you make money? How, how, how does this? How do you fund this this grand experiment? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like from a from a business perspective, how does how do you run these? If I wanted to start a consulting shop tomorrow, right. how do I how do I charge for this? How do I put together that deal in a way that gets people to give me money? Yeah, I mean, it, it's consulting is fairly low barrier of entry. Right. If you mm -hmm. want to be a consultant, you can call yourself a consultant. Right. Like, so there's, there's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, <laughs> sadly, this is very, very true. And uh, I have met many people in the dog park. And I'm like, what do you do? I'm a consultant. Really? What type of consultant are you? Thinking they're going to say, I work at EY, I work at KPMG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm a mind heart consultant. A mind heart consultant, really. It's a mind heart consultant. <laughs> right. I make sure that your mind and your heart are connected. It's like that sounds like a priest, but okay. <laughs> like, like, I think priests have already locked that up. You know, yeah, you've got, yeah. You've got moms, you've got rabbis, you've got priests. They've pretty got much got that locked up. And then for the for the atheists in the group, you've got the therapist. But go on, tell me about your consultancy. <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious! Uh, but yeah. but it's but it's true. It's true, yeah. right? You, you, yeah. And I mean, if you look on social media, these gurus, these coaches, these consultants—they're all out there, right? Yeah. But um, I would I would suggest you have some depth of knowledge, right? You got because mm -hmm. because what you're saying is you can and what I don't want people to get confused with. You can call yourself a con consultant, but you got to then set yourself apart. Right. Mm -hmm. You got to then set yourself apart. And so um, obviously, you know, the PhD helps my background in operations, knowing how businesses work. And I don't think I mentioned like I was a CPA for 15 years. Right. So like I know how businesses work, how they yeah. should work, financials, operations. I know that. So that that brings me um, a certain level of cachet as I'm talking to people. Right. Yeah. Um, but to 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 grow it is another story. Right. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to market. I had to I had to learn the difference between marketing and actually selling. Right. Yeah. And creates creating systems within my business and all of that. Um, obviously, they don't teach you in college. You have to learn. Right. Yeah. You have to learn these things and you have to put them into play. Um, it's, it's one thing. I think we talked about this earlier. It's one thing to learn something. It's one thing to have an idea about something, but you've got to put it into play. And the, the problem that I had as a consultant early on, I wanted to put everything into play. I want to put everything. Yeah. 
you know, everything that I hear. Like, I like, I do it all now. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, that, no, right. One thing, right. Focus. Yeah. one thing, focus on one thing. And that's where I'm, I'm kind of um, have learned over the course of the development of Stratascension is really just do one thing and do it damn good. Like be yeah. really, really good. There's yeah. value in knowing a lot, right? There's value in knowing a lot, but to be an expert that mm -hmm. sets you apart, right? And so I focus on every day trying to be better and trying to be an expert in my field so I can provide that level of support unlike anybody else to my clients. Um, and then from a money standpoint, it really ranges. I have, um, I mentioned the predictive index as a partner. Um, I'm also a partner with a, a marketing automation company called Keep. Mm -hmm. um, they used to be Infusionsoft, so I'm, I'm a partner with them. I'm also a partner with um, another software company called Quantive. They mm -hmm. are objective OKR. They help you do your OKRs. They have a platform for that. And so that all helps with the solutions that I provide. And solutions can range anywhere from, I don't know, 5,000 to 50,000. So it just kind of depends. Um, and so th that's all good. And what I'm trying to do now is, you know, and I've also, I also offer courses and stuff like that. And so those are like passive income things that I've, I've created. And I would definitely recommend as you go into consulting, try to, for people going into consulting, try to create passive income streams. And yeah. I, I remember hearing this a long time ago like have 10 revenue streams. It might've been Gary V who said at some, at some point, but like have as many revenue streams as you can, because while there's, there's low barrier of entry, doesn't really cost you that much to, to do this, yeah. but to set yourself apart, you're going to spend yeah. some bread. You're going to spend some money. Right. I, I remember when I was wanting to quit consulting, mm -hmm. like big five consulting and yeah, you know, yeah, corporate yeah. consulting. And I was like, what my big plan was, I was going to get it. I was going to buy a uh, a 40 foot yacht uh -huh. and I was going to sail the world with my wife. Okay. It's like, okay, so how do you make, I'm not independently wealthy. How do you make, how do, what's the business model? How do we make money doing this? Yeah. And I started uh, researching and started interviewing people who were, uh, who were, and this was a, right as a, I, I was just starting to dig into the remote work concept. Ah. Okay. And I start talking to this guy and he's a millionaire. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how, how do you structure being a millionaire? And he's like, well, you young bucks with your <laughs> dumbass, exciting <laughs> companies. Like, <laughs> here's the problem with exciting companies. Exciting people want to work for exciting companies. <laughs> so mm -hmm. then your competition is the best of the best. Right, right. Um. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to work for an ex. I don't want an exciting company. I want a series of boring companies that each shed a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And then I figured out how to keep the cost as low as possible. I have one accountant. I have one web designer. I have one marketing person. You know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I have one inventory person who manages all the inventory for all 10 businesses. He's got a pawn shop. He's got a dry cleaners. He's got accounting uh -huh. company. He's got, uh, I can't remember what the other, but they're all companies like that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah not yeah, company yeah. that you'd be like, you know, like if, you know, if you were like at a bar and you're picking up a girl and, you know, and she's <laughs> like, what do you do? It's like, I run a pawn shop and she's going to be super, <laughs> none of them are exciting companies, yeah, yeah, but each one of them sheds a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And, nice. and it, across the 10, he now is making a million dollars. 
and I was like, (laughs) I mean, who's gonna be like, you know what I want to do? I want to compete and create pop shots. Yeah, (laughs) you know, like I want to be a dry. I want to run a dry clean. When's the last time you saw somebody apply to an incubator with a dry with a dry cleaner concept? (laughs) But it was the small. Like that's what we focus on small businesses. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a crap about dry cleaners or Pilates yeah. studios or meal yeah. planners. You know, everybody wants the you know the AI startup yeah. or the blockchain yeah. startup. Mm-hmm. And from a competitive standpoint, yeah. you know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, you it it, it it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, and that that is because no one cares about these small businesses. Like mm-hmm. that's my. That's my goal, right? Let's let's get Stratacension to a place where we can actually start to buy some of these and invest in some of these small businesses, mm-hmm. um, so that they so that they can grow, right? They can leverage, like the, the rigor and the support from mm-hmm. Stratacension to help them grow, and then as you know, as they grow, they they can do they mm-hmm. can pay it for they can help other businesses. But that's kind of the, the mm-hmm. big big picture. Cool. 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 So. Um, when you look at your sizing your market mm-hmm. are we looking at you know all 27 million small businesses are we looking at businesses in the maryland area are we looking at businesses founded by a team that looks like this mm-hmm. are you based off of your goddard uh background are you looking at more space tech more mm-hmm. deep tech companies like where where is your uh who is your specific observable market and yeah how many of them are there yeah, and how much so that work to you, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the and so we, we consider ourselves a, a management consulting firm, and so mm-hmm. that that Kager compounded annual growth rate is like ten percent. So we mm-hmm. that's kind of like our baseline, and I think globally it's like two billion, nationally in like a, a a billion. So there's there's opportunities there, and so while I've been focusing in the state of Maryland, because we mm-hmm. have some work out in um baltimore county and mm-hmm. you know i do work down in southern maryland and yeah, Central, yeah, yeah. where we're based and so um i mean i don't know the exact number for the state but we like just doing some analysis it's like 50 million for the observable market we want to right. grab you know maybe you know anywhere from two to five percent of that yeah to in the next couple of years really drive hard um, to 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 get those numbers, um, and and you know, I think it's obtainable. I think we can do it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 I feel like there's good, needs to be a couple of things swing our way in order for us mm-hmm. to get it. But mm-hmm. they're not like like you were talking about. They're, they're, like I don't have to hit home runs every time. Right? Yeah. It, just just yeah. small steady work. The work yeah. that we have now, we we think this going to be solid for the next five years and so we're looking to and and also leverage some partnerships right to get us Mm -hmm. into some like um fannie mae is a huge supplier uh i'm sorry buyer of um minority services so stratascension is also a certified minority business enterprise disadvantaged business enterprise so we've positioned ourselves to get connected with like those commercial companies like fannie mae and um um I can't remember the other one, but we're we're trying to do these things. That's why I said the you can always call yourself a consultant, 
but the money is going to be spent in separating yourself from everybody else who calls themselves a consultant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah. so that so if we're able to get you know, you know, five to um, what is it, five million, so like two point five million in the next three to five years, I think yeah. we'd be good to go. Cool. Yep. So this two point five million growth, mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming you're not doing it yourself. No. or by yourself i should say what does your team look like or what does your team need to look like who are you hiring for what are you looking for from a team member yeah who do you want on your team so so right now um i mentioned my my partners my software application partners and they've been really good as mm. far as helping with marketing i've been leveraging them to really push out marketing and do um co-branding with them so that mm. that really helps um so i have an assistant I have an assistant for the past year now. She's really great. It's funny because I had her take the, the behavioral assessment. We're very much alike, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're super nice to each other. So but so sometimes I have to be like kind of you say, I was like, all right, let's stop being nice. Let's get the job done, right? Let's make yeah. sure that yeah. we're we're focused. So yes. she's great. Um I have a marketing agency that's a partner. They're on our, our advisory board. Um and a sales uh, sales team that I've contracted to help with sales, right? Mm -hmm. To help us build our sales systems and our playbooks to make sure that we're we're churning out. Um, we got new leads all the time. There's a marketing. Yeah. I, that was one of the big things, Devin. That I, I just didn't. As a, I just like, all right, I'm marketing. I'm doing my marketing. Well, how come I'm not getting the leads that I'm supposed to? Right? How come I'm yeah. not getting the conversations? Because I feel like if I get on the phone with you. You're gonna yeah. want to do business with me. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm not like having a freaking conversation. Yeah, like I'm not having. And it just, my wife was like, "Well, who's doing your sales?" I was like, "Ah, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like nobody, nobody's doing, nobody doing sales. Nobody, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm saying? So, so <laughs> I, I, I brought them on, and it's been revolutionary for us. We've been really mm -hmm. driving a lot of conversations and really helping us focus on the marketing is what it is. That's going to continue, but the sales is like. Man, and it's just amazing. Like, cool. yeah. So, so that's kind of the team. I have been, I haven't really figured out what that junior consultant looks like. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm be looking at next. I have. Oh, I also just hired a um, like a social media specialist to handle all the platform. Um, but I haven't figured out. I think that's the next move, like a junior consultant or someone mid level. I haven't figured out how what that so looks you like. So you following like the the standard like consultant uh, consultant like yeah that's senior, what I senior consultant senior consultant managing consultant principal yeah that type yeah. of structure. that's 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 and so I'm I'm that's why I think I'm struggling with it because I don't know if that will work yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like I I know it works in the big firms I know it works there but. For yeah. as agile as we want to be, and for but does it, the, man? Does it like that was that's what I'm saying? Like, you feel like I, I when I worked at Cap Gemini, like mm -hmm. I literally sat on the bench. And for those of you who don't know consulting, on the bench means that you're not they're paying not you, working. and you're yeah. not doing any work. You're just right. literally just sitting there. And yeah. I call my boss up, and I'd be like, um, I feel really uncomfortable. I just got my paycheck, and it's the most money I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> Yeah. And I haven't done any work for like six weeks. Am I going to be yeah. fired? Like, what's going on? And he's like, don't worry about it, man. It's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You're an overhead. And, right, right, right. Yeah. And then he got me a gig. And like, mm -hmm. and it was like, what? 
Like, yeah. how does that work? How does that business model work? That like people are not doing anything and you're still yeah. paying them that, for that's, three months. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the that's my fear, Devin, is that I mm -hmm. hire someone that's out of one of the larger firms or you mm -hmm. know somebody somebody just getting out of college expecting that mm -hmm. model. And I'm like, no, you're gonna be working. You're probably gonna be working your ass off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to, to yeah. get paid. So so I'm thinking I'm thinking about something a little different, right? A little different. Um I, I I don't I don't know why I said junior consultant, but I that's just I think it's a habit. It's a force of nature, yeah. right? But I think Not it's gonna somebody be somebody to run the practice, but somebody yeah. who can support the running of the practice. Exactly. I think exactly. mean, like it's not like like a new, newly mint maybe might be a newly minted MBA, but it's like I get what you're yeah. saying. It's it's yeah. it's more of the approach of support as opposed to being a thought leader who's running right. it. You're right. learning how right. to become a thought leader. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and I feel like you know. So another thing that that I was thinking about or playing with with um, from the big firms is like partners and the fact that they have to have certain revenue targets and bringing in driving a new business and it's like man that's a lot of pressure for somebody coming into a new business. Yeah. But if I run into somebody in my you know travels that may be a strategic hire, I'm yeah. certainly open to that. But that's not on like my immediate roadmap. See, this is where I'm a little bit harsher than you. Uh, I, I I don't hire anybody unless they generate revenue. Like the only way uh, I will hire somebody who's not generating revenue is if they're generating product. Yeah. That I would, and then sell. So, like my whole apprentice program is about I will hire you, and you don't know what you like. You're you don't have 20 years of experience marketing. We'll teach you how to be that marketer, but in the process of teaching you, we're refining all of our intervention tools all of our training and our performance management and our coaching tools so that and our selection tools so that we get better at selecting at coaching at training uh you to be an excellent marketer and then we're going to sell your services to small businesses once we've yeah. taught you to do that i'm cool with that but if you want me to pay you off the get-go like a like a good salary you better be generating Forty thousand dollars in revenue via your marketing efforts every month. Yeah, and you know, and if you can't do that, like, I mean, I'll give you three months to get up and running, right, but right, right. I'm not going to give you a year and a half to find yourself. And that's what always terrified me about consulting is like, mm -hmm. you know, my boss was like, "Well, do you want to be a vice president?" I'm like, "Yes." It's like, well, you know, your quote is ten million dollars, mm -hmm. and I was like. I've never sold right. anything more than a hundred and fifty to three hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollar project before. Yeah, and so yeah, that yeah. was the whale, you know. <laughs> right, big deal. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, Devin, 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 <laughs> you can't bring anything less than a four hundred fifty thousand dollar. We 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 can't afford to service yeah. anything less than a four hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollar yeah. contract. Yeah. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> I didn't know how I would go about talking to somebody. I'm like without with a straight face saying, give us four hundred fifty thousand dollars for yeah. three people to work for your firm for three months. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, this the, is why I'm not in consulting anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of like okay, what are the economies of scale? Like, if if that's the conversation you have at a big firm, what about small regional firm? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you how do you talk about that? Right? How do yeah. you what are what are numbers? So, so like, I'm still kind of playing with that a little bit. That's mm. that's kind of. The way I'm thinking cool. about it, but so yeah. what's next for you then? What's what's the big you know 
what's the big next step or, or is there anything that you y'all are working on that you're about to be releasing or that you want everybody to know about yeah so a couple of things um we we just submitted a a, a bid for some work um to um it's a study um and outreach in the community about so the uh Baltimore County, their county government is doing a marketing campaign around housing. They want to do something in housing. And so they want to study. They want people to be engaged. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, that sounds like employee experience. And we can bring some creative ideas of how do we do yeah. that. So we just submitted a bit for that. And so um, that's, that's that part. But we position ourselves to get government contracts, right? And so that's... Okay. That was, you know, one of the big things that we did at the end of the year. Um, we, I told you, we brought on a digital media company, so we're in the process of a rebranding, and we're doing a whole new rebranding okay. right now. So that's that's exciting. And with this rebranding, I'm I'm really focusing on the infrastructure, the values of Stratascension, innovation, empathy, excellence, and integrity. So I'm going to be releasing a couple of blogs, well, more than a couple, a blog for each value, just again, mm -hmm. to set Stratascension apart. Um, and then lastly, um, what we just talked about, really building out my team, right? I've, I've found, as I work with a lot of these small, early stage startups, they, and I don't know, I, I, I've been saying that in our community, when I say our community, the Black African-American community, there's a lot of smart people they have great ideas, but they go about it by themselves. And mm -hmm. I just have mm -hmm. seen how that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to be that guy. Like I, I and I and I know like I can't do this. I can't build this thing on my thoughts alone, my mm -hmm. sweat alone, my back yeah. alone. It has to be other people. So really finding um the right people to get behind it. Um like I said, there's partners and I have advisors, but really someone who can get behind the passion and the mm -hmm. idea that we're trying to solve these innovativeness problems, that's going to be one of my main things this this year. And, you know, my wife says, say, Malcolm, you don't always like people. And I was like, you're right. But I recognize that, you know, I got to find somebody, right? There's somebody out there, right, that can help with this problem. My wife says the same thing, but my pushback on to her was that uh, it's not that I don't like people. I don't like certain people. Yeah. You know, Agreed. I don't like people Agreed. who are close minded. I don't like people who are um so like I met some guy and I was explaining to him how like we just moved down here and you know, we have one car and we're trying to get a second car and mm -hmm. So what kind of car are you trying to get? And I said, well, I'm actually trying to get like a 70s, like a Carmen Gear, or maybe yeah, yeah. A, a 912 Porsche, one that doesn't have an what? engine. That yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. Something that doesn't work. Yeah. He's like, why yeah. would you want that? And I'm like, because what I want to do is I want to convert it to electric. Nice. And he looked at me like I was, I had just exposed myself as possibly the stupidest <laughs> person you've ever met. And he just looked at me and he's like, why don't you just buy a Tesla? <laughs> right, right, right. And I'm like, right. because the fun is building it yeah, and he's like yeah. dude no like <laughs> you like focus on what you're good at you make yeah, money yeah. by focusing on what you're good at and paying other people to do the stuff that's <laughs> not in your right, in what right. you do. and i'm like yeah. 
you are not my people, sir. <laughs> right, right. And exactly. Those are people I hate. Like, yeah. and it's not that I hate people. I hate people. You know, I hate the person who can't resolve conflict. I hate the people who think that somebody who's not like them, whether it's conservative or liberal, <laughs> black or white, what yeah. are less than because you're not me. You know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and then you know, and then, and I get more refined on that. And I find now I realize that I'm becoming a curmudgeon, you know, because I'm like, I'm like, God damn, those people at the dog park. That's exactly the name. Like, you really hate people. Yes. I'm like, no, I don't. Yes. I just hate those people. <laughs> That's exactly the name my wife gave me. Malcolm the curmudgeon. That's what she called me. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I am. But I agree with you wholeheartedly, Devin. It's like certain people just rub me the wrong way. And I'm a really open sort of friendly guy once you get to know me like i'm not like get away from me I, i'm not yeah. like that but mm -hmm. once you start talking to people you can find out mm, i just rather not deal with that one <laughs> you know what i mean i'd rather deal with some other people there yeah, you don't I realize do. how big the world is until you start talking to people and you realize yeah. how many people are not like you yeah yeah you know? and, yeah and one thing that i like to tell uh you know i was talking to my uh my niece and i was saying you know there's your world there's your world your your universe and there's other people's you know there are all these little bubbles and you're intersecting with each other and people want to pull you into their bubble and say live in my world with my worldview your worldview is wrong mine is right and yeah. you've got to have the strength to be like this is my world and and as the more you interact with public the public the more i find that you like people are always like no my worldview is right yours is wrong yeah. And in, by the way, in my worldview, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. I don't right. want to be in your worldview. <laughs> right, I don't, exactly. want, I don't want to be living that reality. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. maybe you're correct. I don't know, sir. But I like <laughs> my reality where I'm not a complete a-hole. I'm, <laughs> right. you know, I'm sometimes I do the wrong thing, but yeah, I'm yeah. a hearted guy. I like that reality. I'm going to live in my mm -hmm. reality, right? Yeah. You yeah. go live in your reality, and they're like, no, you're just wrong. I'm like, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and, and what you what you're describing is, um, I think it's a challenge with our society today, right? Like people are just not tolerant of different ideas, diversity of thought, right? If, if that thought isn't exactly like mine, you suck, and you should go jump in front of a cancel, train. cancel, right, like, right, right. Like, dude, no. dude, yeah. What happened to nuance? Exactly, like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what happened to no? You can't wear blackface. Yeah. Right, that's exactly that's a no right. on the spectrum. Right. But I got angry at somebody in the uh in the in the parking lot mm -hmm. and pushed their cart. <laughs> Maybe they don't need to be canceled. Maybe everybody <laughs> loses their temper every once in a while. Yes. You know, like yeah. Spectrum exactly. of you know of stupidity. Yeah, and everybody everybody's got a bad day. You know, like I, I like I can't tell you how many times I see. Like this is why I'm almost never on Twitter. Cause I'm terrified that one of these days <laughs> right, I'm right. going to like say something. I once had, you know, they had the profile photo on uh -huh. Facebook and then they have the yeah. banner in the back. Yeah. 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 I found this great photo mm -hmm. of all of the, it was like, before, I don't know what point in Nazi Germany, but a whole mm -hmm. bunch of people doing Sig Heil, the, the, the salute. Mm -hmm. And this one guy is sitting there like, what a bunch of assholes. And he's not, <laughs> He's not saluting. And yeah. I love that because it's one thing to say those people over there that can't hurt me because they're away are yeah. 
And it's another thing to be have the courage right. of your conviction in the middle of a crowd. And yeah. I was like, that is amazing. And I made that the banner behind my profile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was applying for jobs and I couldn't get that. Nobody was. And a friend of mine was like, I was like, I don't know if someone got the job. I was like, Devin, did you look at your Facebook profile? Mm. I'm like, what? It's like, you've got like Nazi stuff on your Facebook profile? Oh and I'm like, what? No, I don't. Yeah. Like, it's actually opposite. It's anti-Nazi. Right. Right, 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 right. And I explained to him, he's like, well, they didn't read it that way. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, crap. Like In today's world, I would have been canceled. Oh, yeah. You like, I, like I would have yeah. been full-on canceled. And it was just... Mm -hmm. The the message was X. People read it as Y. Yeah, I deleted yeah. it. It's no longer there now. Right yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I have a profile. I have like, I have the image from some video game. <laughs> right, video game. but you know, yeah. like that 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 just terrifies me that we've gotten to this point where there's no nuance and there's no mm -hmm. like understanding mm -hmm. people as a holistic person. And well, you know, and, you know, I mean, it, it, it speaks to. And I think what we're talking about, right? As as leaders, we got to have some level of emotional intelligence, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, and I think we're just lacking that yeah. through through social media, through text, through just mm -hmm. words. We can't convey that emotional intelligence sometimes. And yeah. I think it's, it's missed. So, I think it's bad product design. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We we developed a set of products designed to remove us from the uncomfortable parts. Yeah, of reality, which is dealing with those people that we don't like. Yeah, no, so that's, I that's don't need to deal with you anymore. Well, mm -hmm. then you lose the ability to deal with uncomfortable people right. who make, we don't have the same it's viewpoint. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and it's like, like I mean, I was really good at dealing with uncomfortable people, and at some point in time, I said I don't need to deal with uncomfortable people, and now I'm really awkward with people. Yeah, in general. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I, I went the opposite direction. I think we're all <laughs> at that point now. We're like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I remember coming out of COVID and I we moved down here and I met uh, people and I'd be like, Hi, I'm Devin. It's nice to meet you. And they were like, Go away, sir. Go away. I'm walking my dog. I don't need to talk to you. Help me. People, please talk to me. I was yeah. such a lunatic. And it was like I lost this ability to have any type of social interaction in a normal yeah, way. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Right. Interesting. I think we're I think we've gotten to the end of the formal. I think if it's not obvious to our listeners, we've gotten to the end of our formal interview. So let's get to the fun part here, which is if this isn't already fun enough for you all. Um, what are some um, like programs that in your travels that you've run across that you're like, not enough people know about this. They really should know. Maybe in the Maryland area, maybe outside of the Maryland area that you're just so, like, this blows um, me away. Yeah. So um, I just, and this is really for like the early stage businesses. Mm -hmm. a, a colleague of mine just sent over. Northwest Mutual has, and I think it's brand spanking new, a an accelerator for black founders, right? Okay. And they're specifically going with black founders. They do some other stuff for Latinx, do some other stuff for um other minorities and stuff, but this is for black founders and it's like a hundred thousand dollars, right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they give you mentorship and like it's full, all comprehensive. I forget how long it was. Is it global, national, or is it local? It's national. Wow. It's national. Okay. Yeah. 
So, so I think they have a vetting process. I think the, I want to say, um, applications are due February 17th, and then okay. they'll make a, a decision that's going to be made like April. And April are you involved in that at all? Or is this just something you were? No, about? it's just something. Yeah, well, colleagues just gave it to me because he, cool. he knows I work with a lot of minorities, um, founders, and stuff like that. And so, cool. and you know, they all need money. And they all yeah. need mentorship. They all need support. So, um, and I have a few that I I think are going to apply, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, they get it. But that to me, um, for for you know your your audience of you know founders and mm -hmm. business owners, I think that's good. It's Northwest Mutual. Mutual um, I think it's powered by Generate and it's G E N E R A, the number eight mm -hmm. T O R, something like that. It's Northwest Mutual Black Founder Accelerator. Uh, are there any uh, podcasts or newsletters that you are that you're that you read on a regular basis that you're just like this is a great conduit of information or great conduit of thought? Um, so I'm not, so I, I listened to, um, I forget the name of, but Sandler, Sandler. So that's my, my coaching partner, my um, sales partner, Sandler uh, sales. I forget the name of the podcast, but they've been pretty good as far as um, helping me understand, you know, with digital prospecting and marketing, mm -hmm. the difference between marketing and, and sales prospecting and stuff like that. So that's been pretty good. Um, the other podcast that I listened to, and my wife got me to listen to it is, um, Shaq's podcast. It's hilarious. Yeah. Shaq yep. is funny as hell, man. And and it's him and two co-hosts, and they're just bugging. Just straight yeah. bugging. And so it's just, you know, it's stuff that makes fun. you think. That's the fun is when people yes. are like, you know, when, when people are like having because there's only so much like serious like conversation. Yeah. It's you know, it's Exactly. A lot of it is just like when people are goofing around and having a good yeah. time with each other. You know, yeah. you can yeah. tell they like each other, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you if you like that, uh, a friend of mine, he works at ESPN. He just came out with okay. the new documentary for Shaq. Okay, uh, they're uh, similar to the one they did with Michael Jordan. Okay, nice. nice. Uh, but it's it's focused on Shaq. Uh, it nice. just came out. He, like I like literally this morning, I woke up and I saw his Instagram post with the trailer for it. Okay, and cool. it was like cool. super excited about this. This is what I've been working on for the past year. Nice. And I was like, nice. oh, super cool! I gotta check that out. But it's Shaq. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I I don't really listen to podcasts that much. I listen to audio books a lot and. Um, so what's a what's a book? What's on your TBR? What's what book is like is is shining your fancy? Yeah, yeah. So um, built to scale by okay. Marisa Evan. Do you have it? You know about that. Yeah, it's do. a great book. It's a great book. I don't know where it is, but is it the orange one right there. I've made the stick. Made the stick. Good to great. Uh, uh, I, that might be what I was thinking of is good to good to great. Um, I could have sworn I had that. All right. Yeah, well, it's not here. Otherwise, I was going to show you how how in the know I was, but I am not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in the know. I have been shown as a failure and as a fraud. I don't have this book. Uh, I have, yeah. um, that, so so that one that one is really good because it's um it's about how as a small business, you can get the right advisors. It's not about building your board of directors. It's about getting the right advisors, mm. like how okay. you can 
get them on your team without necessarily giving up your company. You know what yeah. I mean? Like how you can come like real creative ways of compensating them. So as it's a, it's a, it's a great book. Um, and the other one I have here, let me grab it real quick. Uh, play bigger. Cool. What is backwards. that about? This is about creating your own category. Right. So if you're bringing, so for me, innovativeness was something a little different, something new. Um, how do you educate people? How do you create a movement around it? Mm -hmm. Right. So if it's, um, say, for, for, for workforce development, you're taking a different spin on, it. you're trying to break. So it talks about creating a category for mm -hmm. this particular area and how you design it, how you get practical activities around it. It's, it's pretty good. Play, play yeah. bigger. Yeah, okay. That's, that's cool, a book cool, cool. that I, I read a lot. Um, All right. So the last, and this is entirely self-serving on my <laughs> side, is mm -hmm. who uh, who do you know that I should interview? That I should uh, have, that my listeners should definitely have on their radar that we should interview and get on there. That you can introduce me and convince them, despite their better. Uh, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> despite they're having been like i don't know i don't really take this guy devin he's kind of a weirdo yeah. and but you can help me get him on on here yeah yeah no dave seaton um he was on my podcast before a customer experience expert right cool. he and he's he thinks about it in a way that's contrary to what most people think about it right most people think about customer experience is you get your put yourself in the customer's shoes it's like yeah. no no, 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 no. He's like, you got to get the customers to talk to you about their, you know, you don't think for them, you get them to talk to yourself. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of, it changed my way of how I look at customer experience. And cool. and that was a while ago when I talked to him. So I'm sure he has new ideas, new perspectives. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll make that introduction. Cool. Cool, cool. Does he have his own podcast or newsletter or anything? Um, I know he's on LinkedIn. He does a lot of stuff. I don't know if he. David um, All right. Well, we'll definitely check him out. For the listeners, if we find a link to a podcast or something, we'll 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 put it in there. But hopefully, uh, we can leverage Malcolm Tyson, Dr. Tyson, to uh, to convince him to yep. uh, get on the podcast. And we'll have him up. But yep. cool, Dr. Tyson. Awesome. Thank you so much for giving us the time today. This has been a blast. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed talking to you on a regular basis, but talking to you in the more formal podcast environment was super fun. So thank you so much for, uh, for giving us the time today. Pleasure was all mine. Thanks you so much, Devin. So for all the listeners, um, this is this podcast, you, you might be listening to this on one on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Uh, the community features have been turned off. But there's a link to the community on Huntobot where Dr. Tyson will be in there. It's it's uh, it's an ask me anything, but it is more stretched out because he's not going to be in there 24 seven. It's not in a time period of time. He's just a host of that community. So as you ask those questions, he'll be notified and he'll be able to answer them. But you'll be able to meet a whole bunch of other people who are all fans of Dr. Tyson and who are all uh, asking questions as well. So any questions you have, if you think we got anything right, you think we got anything wrong, you want to expand on stuff, you want to ask, ask us to clarify stuff, feed the junto, get in that group, ask those questions. They're all great questions. Be nice. Don't be an a-hole. Don't be the people we hate. <laughs> right. 
don't be scared of challenging our worldview and our viewpoints uh, and ask those questions. We'd love to have you. And regardless of whether you go into that community or not, please, everybody, go make the world 5% better. Thank you. Awesome. Puntoba is a company that focuses on supporting and promoting entrepreneurs regardless of their industry, background, or entrepreneurial phase. We offer e-learning programs to teach skills and prepare future startup founders for the real world. We also host a networking platform where we connect people and entrepreneurs from different industries and communities. Finally, we facilitate an apprentice program where we train individuals and employees in different areas such as marketing. Our goal is to make the world 5% better by enabling entrepreneurs to create businesses for positive impact.